Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that we don't deserve what we charge. For middle-class people who don't have disposable income or don't have extra income, it's, it's a big worry. And one of the things that I say is, whose kids do you want to put through college, yours or your lawyer's? Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I am joined by another divorce attorney and mediator. Joy Rosenthal is, I love that she calls herself the compassionate attorney, because don't we all wish that that, that name, compassionate, became before the word attorney in, in all designations? Um, Joy is also a divorce mediator, and she's a family law educator. She is a professor at the City University of of New York School of Law, uh, back in my old stomping grounds of New York. And Joy is joining us today for a topic that I know is going to be a, a clickbait type of title, because I know that we all want to know how to save money on our attorney's fees. Um, attorney's fees are, are honestly, I think, one of the scariest things for people going into divorce. So right now in this episode, you're going to get not one, but two attorneys insider views on how you can save money on your attorney's fees. So Joy, thank you for joining us and sharing your insights for us. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't tell you what an honor it is. I listen to the podcast regularly and I'm always so impressed because it's really good, solid information that you give people and you're so generous with it. Oh, I appreciate, you know, biggest compliment ever, folks, is to get a, a compliment from a trusted and valued colleague. So thank you so much. I, you know, really wanted after so many years to of learning 
from the inside about what we do to be able to share some of that information out to the people who are actually going through this process. And I know you are on a mission to do the same um, and have been on a number of podcasts and put out a lot of great social media information and, and articles and other information as well. So this was a topic you brought to me and I said to you, hey, I'm actually surprised to say that after hundreds of episodes, I have not done this specific topic, which surprises me because as you and I both know, this is a huge pain point for people going into and going through divorce, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, people know they're getting divorced and the very first thing they think of, I think, well, they may think about their kids first. We know that's another pain point. They don't want to have negative impact on their kids. But the number two is is this going to cost us an arm and a leg and divorce attorneys are outrageously expensive? So so maybe let's start there because when I say that, am I speaking the truth? Are divorce attorneys outrageously expensive? Well, I don't know that divorce attorneys are more expensive than other attorneys if you look at their hourly rate. But if you think about it, think about, who do we, uh, like normal people, who, who, do, when do we ever use an attorney or what, how much do we pay professionals, right? So you might hire a plumber or a car mechanic and they're pretty expensive, but that's like maybe a hundred and hundred and twenty dollars an hour or something like that. And you may use, I don't know who else, a therapist. They're also pretty expensive, but maybe that's a hundred or two hundred dollars an hour. And the only people that come close to the hourly rates that we bill, right? I charge $500 an hour. Most attorneys, that's on the low side in New York City. Uh, most attorneys, I would say maybe between $350 or $750 an hour, something like that. The only people that come close to that are doctors. But we have health insurance for doctors, and I don't want to start going down that path, but we don't have legal insurance, most people. And so this is, and I think of divorce, divorce not as so much of, as an event, but as a process. But this is a process that's going to go on for a certain defined amount of time. And you're going to spend a defined amount of money. And, and there are things that you can do to reduce that. It's a huge pain point. And I think it's especially scary because people don't know what they're going to end up with. It's, there's no flat fee usually for divorce. Right. Such a good point. And actually, you've made so many good ones in, in there. I'm going to break them down a little bit because, you know, a few things that you said really stood out for me. And one is you mentioned what your hourly rate is in New York City, right? And at $500, I would agree with you. I I know a lot of attorneys in New York City, $500 an hour is probably on that low end. Um, In fact, I have colleagues I know in New York City who are charging over $1,000 an hour. Um, And so that's one point, right, for people to realize. 
there are many factors that go into that hourly rate. One of them is where you are, where the divorce is happening, right? Someone in New York City is going to pay more perhaps than somebody who is in a rural part of the country or something like that. But there's other factors as well. Joy, you like me, we haven't been doing this just for a couple of weeks. We've been at this for, I, I can say I've been at it for decades, um, over three. And so that also, you know, the, the level of experience, the, the training, the specialization of attorneys, I mean, it also, all of that goes into it as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just a few years behind you. I'm almost 30 years. I, yeah, and I'm not saying that that we don't deserve what we charge for middle-class people who don't have disposable income or don't have extra income. It's, it's, it's a big worry. One of the things that I say is whose kids do you want to put through college, yours or your lawyers? Because you could spend $200,000, $300,000 on a divorce, right? You know, I'm sure you know better than I do. Oh, I remember. I, I mean, I remember sending out bills with that many zeros on them at, some points in my career. And, you know, part of it is you mentioned also in what you were saying at the top of the episode is it's an unknown, right? You and I, as the attorneys, perhaps, and the couple, none of us know how much the attorney's fees are going to be in a divorce, right? Because no one knows at the beginning how long that divorce is going to take. And when you're paying someone by the hour over months and months and sometimes years, it really, that's what makes it start to roll up. Right. And I've, I've talked to clients who've told me they've emptied out their IRAs, they've emptied out their college savings funds for their kids because of the divorce. And it's really painful. And it takes them sometimes years to dig out of that. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're not wrong about sending uh, your attorney's kids to college, grad school, um, paying for their second vacation home. Actually, we've heard all of those, I'm putting it in air quotes, folks, jokes about attorney's fees, but they really do add up. And and so we've we've kind of hammered home the, the pain point um, let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to some of those tips and recommendations that you have for people to save money on their attorney's fees. How would, how would you start out? What would you tell them to think of first? One of the most obvious things, and you talk about this a lot, I think, is the more contentious the divorce, the more expensive it's going to be. So you really have to think about what are the things that you really care about? What are the things that are really important to you and are worth fighting over? And sort of don't sweat the small stuff. So if you don't have to fight about every little thing, don't fight about every little thing. Because that every time you fight, it's going to cost a lot of money. And especially if you're in a litigation mode and your attorney is someone who likes to file a lot of motions and produce a lot of paper, every time they do that, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And you have to remember, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but your attorney's goals are not always the same as yours. You want to save money. They want to make a living. So you have, you might have to be a little, not aggressive, but a little assertive with your attorney 
and let them know that saving money and you, you don't want to be right about everything necessarily. I mean, what are your priorities? Is your priority that the kids to protect the kids? That's one possibility, right? Is your priority that you want revenge because your spouse done you wrong? Then that's going to be expensive. You might be able to get it, but that's going to be very expensive. Is your priority that you have to be right because you're in a competition with your spouse and you have to win? Then that's going to be expensive. But if your priority is that you want to get to the beyond part of the divorce, as you say, right? <laughs> then, you know, there are going to be some things you just kind of like let go of, as you point out, right? Almost every state has, or I guess every state now has no fault divorce since New York finally got it. Um, Yay, New York. <laughs> Way to we bring up the, the rear. Yeah. <laughs> We were the caboose. Um, And, you know, it's really like in real life, it's about, it might be about fault, but in legal life, which is a whole different system, a whole different logic. It's really about like where are the kids going to be on Thursday night and who's going to put them to bed and how often are you going to see them? And, you know, figuring out all the stuff moving forward, not looking back. So one tip I would I would have would be to look forward, not back. Don't focus on blame. Remember that your lawyer is not your therapist, is not your best friend. Don't talk to them about all the stuff that happened before. Just talk to them about whatever the whatever's on hand to whatever the issue is at hand. And be focused in that issue. I love that you said, you know, know what's really vitally important to you and be ready not to, I'll, I'll quote you, sweat the small stuff. Um, because you and I have both seen, I say all the time, the words, it's the principle of the thing are the most expensive words in divorce, right? If you want to go to the mat over something because it's the principle, then you are just going to be writing checks to your attorney because principle is not something that's decided in a courtroom. It's not something that even if you win, you're actually going to feel like you won in in most cases, and you will have paid a fortune for that. And so being focused on what is truly important to you and not arguing over maybe, you know, the, the credenza in the living room, um, that you can probably replace for less than it would cost you to litigate over it. Though that's that's truly important. And and most people, you you also mentioned, and I wanted to point this out. You said if you're on the litigation track, and that sort of opens that door. There are other choices you can make about how you're going to go through the process of divorce that I think can help you with attorneys' fees. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, mediation is a big one. You and I are both mediators. And at least in mediation, no matter what the mediator's hourly rate is, you're getting a two for one deal. It's a (laughs) two for folks. (laughs) Um, But the other thing, I mean, mediation can be expensive, the more you're fighting with each other, but the more you, you and your spouse can work things out on your own, and bring it back to the mediator and say, this is what we'd like to do with this work. And the mediator might be able to help you refine it. That's, of course, that's better. But there's mediation, there's collaborative, where you're still paying for two attorneys. But their job, as you well know, is to help you still come to an agreement. 
and and then the next step would be going to litigators and if the litigators are going to negotiate for you but they're still doing discovery back and forth there's a lot of paper in in that which can be more expensive in very very few cases and i I've, I've heard you talk about this a lot very few cases actually go to trial because it's so expensive and it takes so long and the other thing is why would you want somebody who doesn't know you to make decisions about your personal life and right. your kids yeah, you know, that's a that's a key point. And you actually made another one about collaborative that I don't think people always understand in that process is that when you're going through a collaborative divorce, there's an agreement that your attorneys are disqualified from any litigation that might happen in the future if you fall out of that lit that collaborative process. And that frees your attorneys up to not have to file every motion, do every discovery request, all those things that they have to do in a litigated case, that they are ethically obligated to do, they they are freed up from that. And any time that they save in doing those things is a direct dollar for dollar savings to you because you're not paying them for the time to do those things. They can actually be focused on helping you resolve those issues that need to be resolved and to, as, as you said earlier, focus on the things that are really important for you. There's another thing that goes along with not only the process that's important, but think about, I, I would suggest pe that people interview a few different attorneys before they hire somebody, because you might get a recommendation from your friend or your cousin, but every divorce is so different. The lawyer who was so perfect for your friend or your cousin might not be the right person for you. And, you know, I used to say when I was litigating, I'm a very important person in your life for a very short amount of time. We hope. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's true of the mediator also. So it has to be somebody that you kind of feel some connection with or feel some, you know, as I said, they're not your best friend, but, but it's very helpful if you feel some kind of simpatico relationship. And, you know, if you want somebody, if you, if you feel that maybe your spouse is a very good negotiator and that they have much more power than you do, you're going to want somebody who can really fight for you. You're going to need somebody who can really fight for you and really advocate for you. If you're in a, in a relationship where the most important thing is negotiating, then you want a really good negotiator. And those are different skills. I think it's important to find somebody who has the right temperament for you. And that'll save you a lot of money also, because if you're in the wrong, with the wrong kind of lawyer, you're it's, that could be very expensive. Oh yeah. And not get you to where you want to be. Okay, listeners, I'm just going to let you all know and admit it. After a long day at work helping people to navigate divorce, I currently like to unwind with a little bit of binge watching. And right now, Amazon's Prime Video is my channel of choice. We are watching Jury Duty at the moment. I highly recommend it. It's hilarious. And queued up right after that is the latest season of Jack Ryan. So if you want to try out Prime Video for free, I've got a 30-day trial just for you. You can go to divorcebeyond.com backslash prime dash video, or just find the link in the show notes. And if you have some recommendations, be sure to let me know.
Stay tuned for more from attorney Joy Rosenthal on how you can save money on attorney's fees in your divorce. We know one of the most expensive things about divorce is the lawyers, so this episode is worth its weight in gold. To look forward, not back. Don't focus on blame. Remember that your lawyer is not your therapist, is not your best friend. Don't talk to them about all the stuff that happened before. Just talk to them about whatever the issue is at hand. If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show featuring author, podcaster, and child of divorce, Grace Casper, as she shared her insights on what your kids wish you knew about how your divorce is impacting them and what you can do about it. It's just wild. Like kids remember everything. They see a lot more than you think. I remember my mom thought I didn't see things when my parents were together. It's easy to think that kids just are resilient and they'll push through and they don't see what's going on, but they know what's going on. So have those hard conversations with them because I'm sure that they're going to be better for it. And now we return to today's show. You know, that's why I always tell people, and and I love that you said this, I'd say they should at least interview three attorneys and they should never pick their attorney out of that place of fear or anger that we know so many people are in at the beginning of their divorce. So they go for that cutthroat shark or, you know, that litigator who's going to protect them or because they're fearful, they should give themselves a chance to get their emotions under control and make a reasoned decision to find that simpatico person. I like that you say that. The other thing is, They should ask when they're interviewing the attorneys, I think they should ask really pointed questions of that prospective attorney about the cost, about how that attorney charges, how much they charge, you know, that sort of thing. What sort of questions would you want to see somebody asking to help them manage the cost of their divorce and their divorce attorney? Well, one question is whether they have a legal team. So sometimes paralegals can do work that's much less expensive. They charge a lower hourly rate. But the other question you want to know is how much experience they have and do they do other things besides divorce or do they just do divorce? Because it can be deceptive. You might think that the person who charges $600 an hour is going to be the most expensive attorney. But if they're much more efficient because they've been doing it for a long time, then you're going to end up spending less overall. So don't be penny wise and pound foolish. If you find somebody who you think is really good and really can represent your interests and has that temperament that you want, they might be the best attorney for you. Another question is, do you charge in six minute increments, which most attorneys do, right? So a 10th of an hour or 15 minute increments or 20 minute increments, which means every time they write an email, they're charging you for 20 minutes of time, even though it might take them only five minutes, because that can really add up. And that's something that I don't think that most lay people really understand. Another thing that you might ask is if you want a mediation friendly attorney, of course, ask them whether they support mediation or what their attitude is toward mediation. And you might ask them what they consider to be a success story. Because if their answer is, I got somebody $50,000, or I discovered something that their spouse was hiding, that's a very different answer from, I helped somebody get to resolution quickly, and their kids 
spend Christmas with both parents every year. Right. Yeah. I mean, all of those are all such good questions. I hope you all were writing those down. That's really, I always want people to remember when it comes to hiring a divorce attorney and then working with the divorce attorney. And you kind of alluded to this is people tend to forget that they are the client and the attorney works for them. And so they should, just like hiring anyone else, you wouldn't have that plumber you, you mentioned earlier come in and do work in your house without then finding out how much he or she was going to charge you at the end of it. You'd want to know before they got involved. You'd want to know, you know, what they expect the job reasonably might cost. You might want to know, you know, what, what are parts additional. I mean, you really want to get down into the nitty gritty of how this is all expensed out. And no attorney, I will say that again, we talked about this. No attorney can usually tell you what it's going to cost at the beginning of a, of your divorce because they don't know. And there are no, there's no way except for a crystal ball to know just how long a divorce will take or how much work it's going to take. You and I, I bet, have seen really complex divorces with a lot of assets or a lot of issues, but they resolve rapidly because the parties are very motivated and are amicable, able to work together and can bring that to a conclusion. And I've also on the flip side seen what look like relatively simple cases, not a lot of money or no children, yet because there's high emotion or something else, this case can drag on forever and cost a fortune. So some of the other you know, ways to keep the cost of your attorney's fees down, I've, I've heard of people hiring attorneys just for discrete jobs. Um, and I think, you know, it's called my, my business partner, Woody Mostyn, sort of the father of unbundled practice. Do you ever recommend people consider unbundled or limited scope representation if they can't afford an attorney for the full lawsuit? Yeah, absolutely. So there are different ways of doing it. But, you know, one thing you can do is, for instance, is get information from other places. So you could hire a divorce financial planner to help you, like, write that budget and figure out your asset sheet and counsel you on that part um, and help you figure out, are you going to have enough money to live on after the divorce? And then take that information to the attorney and say, look, I've done all of this work. I don't need your help with it. Here's, you know, what do you think? Or help get somebody else to maybe a divorce coach to help you think out the strategy. Um, a divorce coach can also help you address your emotions that you were saying, you know, you don't want to be entering the divorce when you're in a very highly agitated state. That's not going to help you in the long run. Or if there's things that you and your spouse can agree on, maybe you guys can agree on the parenting plan. You know, you've already can work out what the schedule is going to be and you're fine with joint legal custody decision-making, but you need to figure out what to do with the house. And then you can go to the mediator or the lawyers and say, we just need help with this one issue and really have them focus on the, on that issue. Yeah. You're, you're so good at this because that's, those are some great points. It's to me, I, I truly love that you pointed out that you can get information and assistance and support from other professionals 
other than your attorney. Your attorney's charging $500, $600 an hour. You can go to a CDFA. They're usually $100, $150 an hour, roughly in that range, maybe more in New York City, less in other areas. But and get actually a professional who's focused on that to help you with that particular area or a divorce coach who's going to help you with the emotions of the strategy or a negotiation coach if you're going into mediation but want a little help. And then rely on your attorney at their higher hourly rate for what they're good at, for what is really their specialty, which is the legal advice, legal strategies, perhaps negotiating or advocating for you, as you mentioned. That is, I think, people worry that when we talk about pulling together a team, we're talking about spending more money. And what they don't realize is very often the team members are less expensive than the attorney, but can help support even even better than the attorney can in some ways. And that actually helps keep the attorney's fees down. Absolutely. And you're right. I find that all the time. Oh, we don't want to spend money on so-and-so. They, they ask for another retainer. And I'm like, you're being penny wise and pound foolish. Like, go, go for it. And as you said, they're better at it. And sometimes I'll, I'll tell them, I think this happened last week. I said, look, you're sticking with me. Okay. But I just want you to know that <laughs> I'm doing the back of the envelope calculations because that's all I can do. They have the sophisticated software. I don't have it. Yeah. And the training, by the way, and, uh, you know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I have both worked. I mean, I've worked on a number of cases that have gone much smoother and much faster and ultimately resolved with less conflict and expense because we had the right team pulled together, whether that's a collaborative team, whether it is an integrative um, group of professionals in a mediation, whatever that might be. It was because everybody was, you know, pulling their end of the, the group together, bringing the information together and that emotional component, because people forget that if they don't work on managing their emotions and dealing with self-care and all of those things, that they are, you know, some therapist explained it to me once, when your brain is flooded with all of those, you know, cortisol and adrenaline and all those stress hormones, you literally cannot think clearly. You are making poor decisions and you don't know it. You're caught up in that whole thing. So you're arguing over the credenza in the dining room without that really a year from now being something you could care less about. But in that moment, because your you know, emotions have overwhelmed you, you're going to fight over it. Well, that fight means your attorney is either thinking about it, talking about it, filing motions about the credenza, talking to the attorney about that credenza. You're talking to your attorney about it, and that's running up your fees. So the money you spend on your therapist and or your coach is also money that is going to save you money on attorney's fees. Right. It's a hard concept to get across because it's an investment and not everybody has the money to lay out out front for the investment. And it requires a little bit of faith. But if you think about it, it really is pretty obvious, right? That yeah. You want people who are less expensive, who are better better at what they do than, than we would be. Yeah. Because it's, because they are they're better trained. You're you're absolutely right. Oh, they are. I mean, how many times have you had a client call you and say, 
you won't believe what he or she just did and then launch into a long story about what their co-parent or their soon-to-be ex-spouse has done or said. And it really isn't a legal issue that they're bringing up. They looked at him side-eye at the kid's game or, you know, whatever that might be. And as an attorney, you can listen at $500 an hour and you can say that that's unfortunate and you can offer to speak to their attorney, I guess. But in the end, legally, there's not a lot about some of these things that we can do. This is really an an emotional issue or an issue that needs to be addressed in co-parenting counseling or something along those lines. Yet people you mentioned earlier use their attorneys as their therapist or their their coach or their counselor a lot of the time. And, you know, it's just another example of knowing which professional is the one to go to on your team and reserving your attorney is kind of, I always see the attorney as kind of the the Sherpa, the one who kind of guides the team, unless you have a mediator, then I think it's the mediator who who's the Sherpa, but that I could be biased because I'm the mediator Sherpa. Um, and then every team member is really best placed to, to manage their role. And it's when you use your attorney to fill all those roles, which they're not qualified for, that's really when you really can start to get expensive. Absolutely. There's another thing too. I think people look to the law of- in ways that the law can't help them. And I think sometimes they act, we're not at our best when we're getting divorced, right? Or when we're highly stressed or when we're in that that argument and or in that fight or flight mode. And sometimes we act like little kids and we want, you know, we want our parent to like tell tell the other person that they're wrong and we're right. And they sometimes want the judge to do that. And that's not what the judge's job is. There isn't always somebody that's going to say you were wrong and therefore you're bad, right? That's just like not something that exists. It's one of the problems with adulting. (laughs) Pulling up those grown-up panties. Yeah. Sometimes we don't get the apology that we think we deserve. Sometimes we, you know, aren't ever going to have the person in the black robe tell the person that they done us wrong and they're bad or they did, you know, they did something wrong. It rarely happens in a courtroom. Right. So in the thing that you brought up, you know, if if your spouse looks gives you the side eye when you're at your kid's soccer game, the law can't help you with that. If your spouse is feeding your kid all the wrong foods and letting them stay up till midnight, the law really can't help them with that. What are you going to do? File an enforcement motion? Like, what can the judge do? Right. That's another good point, right? Like, you have to have realistic expectations of an attorney because when you have unrealistic expectations about the power that first of all, you and I both know, right? Attorneys don't have any power. The only person who has any power in a divorce is the judge. And attorneys, we don't get a magic wand with our law degree that lets us change your ex into a better parent. Or, you know, there's nothing about all those books that we have in our offices that we're going to hit somebody over the head with them and make them behave well, (laughs) right? And the judge doesn't have that magic wand. One of my favorite judges said that. I'm sorry, ma'am. The robe did not come with a magic wand. You know, it was one of my favorites. Um, It didn't, my client didn't love it, but it was true. She didn't like something her ex was doing and 
just what you said. The judge was like, that's, I, I can't change him. He is who he is. And, you know, that's, here's what I can do. And here's what I can't do. And that's so another aspect of it, right? Is that having realistic expectations. If you keep pushing toward court and running up attorney's fees because you're doing that, because you think you're going to be vindicated or get justice, that's an unrealistic expect expectation. Yeah, I want to add one more thing to that. Yeah. Fair is a four-letter word. Hallelujah. <laughs> you only want what's fair. Or I want what I deserve, right. what I'm entitled to. Right. It's not about what you're entitled to. It is about what's best for the kids, but it's not about what you're entitled to. Right. Well, and when it comes to the kids, by the way, it's not about you at all. It's out. How many times I hear this from parents all the time? I want this. I want more time with my kids. I can't imagine not seeing them on the holiday. I, I, I. And I'm like, there's no I in parents when it comes to the law. It is them. It's what's best for them, not what you want. But parents have a hard time with that. So my my listeners have heard that one from me a few times before. Well, there are so many great tips in here. Gold, my gold, your golden nuggets for saving money on attorney's fees. I know you also have a free workshop for people how to save time, stress, and money on your divorce. Can you tell us more about that and how people can find that? Yeah, um, my website, which is joyrosenthal.com, there's two sections. There's work with joy and learn with joy. And if you go to learn with joy, it'll say webinars or something like that. And it's, it's there and you can click on it and get it instantly. Um, and we, I used to do it as a live presentation once a month. And now I just decided, well, let's just not make people wait for a month. And <laughs> we are an instant gratification society these days. Thank you, Amazon. So <laughs> give people what they want right away. I love it. Um, and okay. what's the best way to get in touch with you, especially for those people who are in New York who might want to be working with a compassionate attorney and divorce mediator? Um, also to go go to the website, joyrosenthal.com, and there's information there. And I'll just say that I love to do mediation and I do collaborative divorce as well, um, And but I don't litigate. And, and I love to teach. And I also have a course available called Landing on Your Feet, A Compassionate Lawyer's Guide to Divorce that gives a lot of this information in a longer format. Um, but And that's I, on the website as well? That's on the website also, yeah, under Wonderful. Learning with Joy. Sounds like a lot of great resources there. So, of course, I'll put links and in your full bio and contact information in the show notes. But, Joy, thank you so much for coming and, you know, pulling back the curtain on some of this for my listeners, uh, because I, this is a really scary thing for a lot of people. And the sooner they know about the ways they can keep their attorney's fees down and that they actually have some control, I think the more it will help them. So thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Oh, my pleasure. What a blast. This was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always glad to hear that. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. 
You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.